We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language may offend some listeners. Thank God it's And welcome to Studio 222 at the ABC in Ultimo for another edition of Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover and please welcome this week's remotely connected gang. It's Gene Kitson, Tommy Dean and Colin Buchanan. Please cheer yourself because no one else will. Now, let's uh, check that you're up with this week's news. Who pirouetted? to a new position when it came to Freedom Day. I'm going to jump in here. Yeah, We're speaking Jean. about the brand spanking new Premier of New South Wales. We're speaking of Dominic Pirouette. Yes. And we're talking about him taking centre stage after the prima ballerina, Margot Berejiklian, <laughs> suffered a stress fracture to the lower vertebrae. After, a, after a plie went wrong. After a, after Rudolph Maguire fumbled a three-split lift. <laughs> Perhaps his palms were greasy, but he fell, she fell, when they were attempting a very tricky pas de deux. <laughs> anyway, Dominic Pirouette found himself centre stage. He gathered himself in his smart navy blue two-piece ensemble. He jeted the previous plan, did a quick 180 split, announcing with a plie and, and, and an assisted flip that Freedom Day was back on and it was supersized. Then, plieing his latest card, he grand jeted with hydrogen powered. His <laughs> grand jeté was hydrogen powered and it was too, too perfect. And I think we should all gather around the turntable and sing, sing his favourite song, which is Dominique Nick Nick. Because <laughs> <laughs> Dame Margot Berejiklian, she didn't like the term Freedom Day. She, she preferred you know, a staged and cautious reopening. But he says, no, no, call it Freedom Day. Let's go forward. Yeah, that's right. He jetted it. And he, and he said, let's call it Freedom Day. But, you know, I understand her reticence because mm. Freedom Day, is a, that's a big, it's got a lot of symbolism. It's very evocative. We're talking about end of wars and that. And here, what are we talking about? We can go, you know, more than five kilometres, but. No, hey, you can have, Freedom you, Day, it sticks. I like, I like Freedom Day. You can have ten friends. Should you have ten friends? <laughs> well, I agree. I, it sounds, it's, it's, I think it's overstated. Freedom Day, I mean, I know that everybody likes a big gesture, but I also think that, you know, Australia sometimes overplays its hand. I think if you wanted to play to your strength as an understated people, it really should have been called the door is ajar day. <laughs> You know, you can peek out a little bit. You might be able to slide out to the front and get a few things done. But let's be honest. Nobody is feeling like you're allowed to just sweep up a woman in the street and give her a kiss. Like the old freedom days. Like the victory. Yeah, victory in the Pacific. That's what happened in Martin Place, kissing all over. There'd be none of that. That Mm. Certain freedoms have been unallowed. So just stand by Dora Jarday, peek out, and cautiously ease yourself back into life. And no throwing your masks in the air, VE Day. <laughs> no, Style. no. Dangle them from your ear and prepare to put them back on again. Colin Buchanan. I, I thought uh, apparently if you have an electric fence, just a gentle one set up in your flower bed and for your dog, <laughs> you only got to leave it on for a few weeks and the dog gets a few zaps. Yeah. And then you can turn it off. 
and the dog won't go near the flower bed. And um, so I feel Freedom Day is a little like that. It's like we've had the electric flensing uh, <laughs> on the uh, flower bed for so long. That's right. It's like uh, I, I, I don't and, – and he's saying I can walk on the flower bed. I don't want to get zapped. And uh, so, so I'm off the flower bed. And the other thing I thought actually – Tommy, you might appreciate this one because being a, go- a board game aficionado – I thought he could have really sprayed his scent without eroding any of what the previous Premier did by just adding new rules that were sort of irrelevant to the, you know, to the whole you know, matter at hand. So like board games, if you just said, oh, let's, um, uh, or you know, just any game, let, let's make, we've declared that from Freedom Day there are six tackles, not five tackles in rugby league. <laughs> uh, nothing changes. But it's a you know he's sprayed his scent he's made a difference and maybe you know like like uh, okay jacks aren't bowers anymore in five hundred let's let's make the queen you know and it's just make some changes there. he has sprayed not, his know. scent oh my god oh my god where are we yeah. getting what happened? today yet again thank God it's Friday lowers the tone of political debate we have Jen Kitts and Tommy Dean and Colin Buchanan uh, now who who gambled on the games of childhood to produce a TV hit. What's this about? Who gambled uh, know, on the I games know. of childhood? Can I jump in on this Yes, one? yes, please. Say, yeah. uh, because I, I don't know a lot about this phenomenon. I think it's, is, is it the number one streaming uh, show on the planet? Mm-hmm. Squid Game. Squid Game from, from which, uh, South Korea. Yeah, yeah, which is, uh, I've seen the, it, it, a bit like Handmaid's Tale, it's got very st- striking visuals. So you may have seen the, the people with helmets and so forth, even if you've not seen the show. And I thought, uh, look, I might do a bit of research. It may come up on TGIF. Yeah, yeah. So I started watching uh, the first episode and my son, 24-year-old son, walked past and said, uh, uh, Dad, are you sure you should be watching that? <laughs> <laughs> I did when you were six, and, and and I said, "You sure you should be watching Goonies? You know the scary guy or Chitty Chitty Bang Bang with a child catcher." And uh, so, I, and and he's he's rebuking me. So yeah, Squid Game. I've uh, I've been warned off halfway through the first episode. But then I don't think you should be that nervous about it because the games we all played in the seventies were far worse, far more violent than the games they play in that show. Come on, I mean they're they're taking the totally. innocent ga- they're taking the innocent games of childhood and imagining what it would be if you played them with murderous intent. Well, we did in the first place. Try British Bulldog, man. <laughs> Try Brandings. It wasn't called Brandings oh. for nothing. It wasn't. Called, that game was not called yep, let's playfully tag each other with a ball just to improve our throwing <laughs> skills. It was called Brandings. Exactly. <laughs> we used to play a lot the of games where the, the goal was clearly to wound someone, but that also signified the end of the game. Hmm. So, like, we used to live near a ditch behind this apartment complex, and we would fan out on either side of the ditch and wing rocks at each other. And it was great fun until somebody got hit in the head. And then, then we had to go home and get some Band-Aids, and that was the end of it. Yeah. Wait it's a always, minute, Johnny. Tommy, it's always fun until someone gets hurt. I know, but that, no, it was fun right for a moment even. We laughed at how hurt they were. Then we ended it. But I thought I, we watched Squid Game. We watched uh, all of it. I found it quite fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, but my favorite part about it that came out of it was it not only spawned a, a lawsuit in South Korea because the bandwidth being used was so crazy they wanted Netflix to pay for it. <laughs> 
My favorite quote that came out of it was a woman that said, well, we hope that this gets people excited about South Korean TV, uh, because quite honestly, there are a lot better shows. <laughs> really? Okay. You're not well, even watching the good ones. I thought it was pretty good, actually. Uh, Gene, did, did you relate to it, or do you think uh, they just don't know what a violent schoolyard game looks like? Yeah, I don't think they have a clue. But I think they've, they might have sensed it and then just upped the ante slightly. But we used to play games that where you would be so terrified and so humiliated that you would actually wet yourself and cry for your mother and you were like 18. <laughs> so like, you know, murder in the dark. Remember Murder yes. in the Dark when you'd go, like, yes. maybe there was a birthday party at home in the afternoon and then the parents kicked on and they tried to get rid of the kids by going, why don't you go we'll go away and play? And there was no television or anything. So everyone, as soon as it got dark, would say, let's play Murder in the Dark. And the game, that game is you hide and then it's pitch black and you're terrified and you say, can't you, can't you just beat me with a wet sandbag instead <laughs> and then then because they just wanted people just want to creep around and then scare yeah. you to death and I want to go home Richard mommy I hated murder in the dark I hated I, it. I will see your murder in the dark and raise you <laughs> and raise you British bulldogs sometimes called bull rush in which two players were in the middle of the paddock, right? And, uh, and the rest of the players, who were normally about age nine, would run at them screaming like the Battle of Culloden, at which point the two that were in, their task was to grab one of them um, and throw them to the ground, preferably head first. Uh, and, uh, and then at that point they would somehow be converted into the Bulldogs team. I don't know why this physical assault managed to convert them to change size, but it did. And by that process of, of throwing people headfirst into the ground, That's they right. would then try to convert. Now, this was entirely unsupervised because the teachers were all huddled in the, uh, in the staff room with the radio turned up to drown out the sounds of the dying. <laughs> Sorry, Richard. Uh, my my son's just come to the door. He's, he's just he he's been listening to TGIB. He mm-hmm. said, "Should you be listening to this, Dad? It sounds very <laughs> violent." <laughs> we played a oh. we played a similar. We didn't have British Bulldog because uh, we hate uh, the imperial nature of it all. But we had a thing called Red Rover, which sounds similar. Where you would all the one team would stand in a line with their arms linked together, and you would say, "Red Rover, Red Rover, send Colin over." And then Colin would have to yep. race at our line and break through the arms. Yeah. And if yep. he did... What about Cocky then, Laura? All right. so, then, then that would be successful. But, of course, all he really broke was somebody's wrist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing the game to the end got... yet again. Yeah. What, what, was Cocky, what was, what was Cocky Laura? Laura? Bullrush, uh, British Bulldog. Cocky Laura was pretty much the same. So the, I, I think what it, where they all came from was... People would be injured playing Bull Rush. That was the original at our school. So they, uh, the teacher said, Bull Rush is banned. Uh-huh. So we changed the name of Bull Rush to British to Bulldog. Cocky Laura. Yeah, oh, Cocky Laura. <laughs> so British they're all the same yeah, game, right? I, I, I think basically yeah. they're about, yeah, you just don't want to run into Richard Carmichael or Rickard Barnes. They were the two brick wall <laughs> boys <laughs> in our school. So Memo you know, South yeah. Korea, you, you yeah. got nothing on us. I tell you, the, those boys' games are nothing compared to the brutal, deadly arsenal of the girls' games. Like we didn't, we weren't like physical. What? Ours was all mental. 
So yeah. there'd be this yeah. pecking order. There'd be like flocks of seagulls. There'd be one leader one minute and you'd all be running after her and then they'd all wheel around and peck you to death and make you exclude <laughs> you and you'd be yeah. cringing in the corner of the classroom weeping because no one liked would be your friend anymore because someone whispered mm. something. It was so painful. Oh, yeah, Where I'd rather you? be. Where I'd rather you? have my Where wrist broken. She, she was dreaming of the sweet release of death. That's why she she, she watches <laughs> Squid Game and thinks, oh, that's easy. <laughs> that's easy. <laughs> Shoot me now. Shoot me now. <laughs> uh, thank God it's Friday. Jean Kitts and Tommy Dean and Colin Buchanan. Uh, now, last question from this week's news. Who was in a state of hot denial over their previous denial? Who was in a state of hot? Hot is a clue. Denial. Oh, this is climate change. Climate, yeah. The whole thing about people who were once hesitant, climate change hesitant, may Mm, I use mm, that expression? mm, Yes, yes. Are suddenly evangelists and Mm. say, yes, let's go, let's go, net zero. But to be fair, things have changed. Mainly the next elections, which are getting closer. <laughs> and, and the climate. And the opinion polls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the Murdoch press. Yeah, yeah. And, and well, also we've spent, yeah. like, the people have spent 18 months huddling in the house or getting stopped at borders and sentenced to a stretch in a hotel and generally doing whatever the government says. So this has been a really happy learning experience for politicians. So when they announce net zero, we will all go, yes, sir, whatever you say, sir. <laughs> You know, and they'll be saying exactly. net zero and looking meaningful because they know that they will have retired from politics by the time net zero is due. So the whole citizenry rolling up their sleeves. We, we were climate hesitant, but now we want as many jabs as possible. Exactly. That's what we're doing. We're lining up. We're getting herd immunity. Colin, it has yeah, been amazing so what... seeing the level of backflips all simultaneously. It's been like the Olympics. Well, it has. I, I think. I think there's nothing like a pandemic to uh, to sort of uh, bring the hypothetical uh, disaster into the front of your mind. You think, well, if that hypothetical disaster actually happened, perhaps that we should look after the planet as well while we're at it. Um, but I did. I felt sorry actually for because Prince Charles has endorsed. I think maybe may lobbied lobbied our prime minister mm-hmm. a little. Well, he said uh, he should just get, get get on with it and come and see. Come to Glasgow, and I think the Queen has been overheard saying, "Oh God." Yes. Oh, well, I, and, then, and this, I think, places if you're an environmentalist Republican, you're you're in a you're in a bind because <laughs> on the one hand you hate the royals, and on the other hand you want to save the planet. And then Charles, I don't know, where, I don't know what they make of all this. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think one is amused. That's the main thing. Tell me, what, what do you make of the backflips? Uh, part of me uh, thinks it's just big government still trying to find a way to needle Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. It's just like, look, if these two guys are going to continue to preach the mission to Mars, let's screw them by fixing the Earth. <laughs> That'll show them. That'll show them. We can't figure out how to get their tax dollars, but let's just ruin their little Mars project by making the planet hospitable again. And then they'll have nowhere to go. Take that, billionaires. 
oh sweet, oh sweet revenge. Yeah, the, what what is amazing to me is that they will always have these conferences about global warming in places where it's freaking freezing, <laughs> like it's brass monkey time in Glasgow at the moment. People are wearing ski gloves to punch each other. You know, the main cause of warming in Glasgow is if someone sets fire to your car. So but, you reckon you reckon they should hold it in Lightning Ridge in January? Then they'd nice. get the idea. Then they'd get the idea. Yeah. Thank God it's Friday with yeah. Richard Glover. Yeah, obviously the Wheel of Death coming up. Uh, but first this, the Japanese ambassador came on Drive this week to describe his battles with local magpies in Canberra and to declare that he thought that Australians were enormously brave just going outside every day. <laughs> he was uh, such a delightful company. What are the various threats we face in Australia that confirm the ambassador's belief that we are probably the bravest people on the planet? Tommy Dean. Oh, so much bravery. And, but I, I, I wonder if it's couched a little bit in cowardice. I wonder if one of the reasons you're so quick to join the Allies in World Wars is to get out where it's safer. <laughs> <laughs> Take, me give, me, the give, 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 give me the psalm any day other than Mossman. <laughs> so much better. But it made me think, I was thinking about it because um, in the, I, I play a lot of video games. And in the world of video games, there's a style of game uh, based off a game. There's a game called Rogue. And Rogue was way back in the beginning of computers. And Rogue, and then what became known as Rogue-like games... Rogue was a game where you moved through the dungeon, but you very quickly found something that killed you. And then you learned from your lesson and tried to start again and go further and further and further, but always with more death to be met. And I suddenly realized that Australia might be a roguelike game if you choose to live here. So I, I, put, I put together a little pitch for the video game industry. Ah, waking up in Australia. Or should I say paradise? I'll just put on my shoes and... Oh no! Funnel web! Game over! Now for a quick visit to the loo. Snake in the toilet! Game over! Time for a little brekkie. <laughs> Too much Vegemite on the toast! Game over! Freedom Day is dawned. I'll apply for a new job. So much paperwork! Game over! Perhaps a picnic would be nice. Magpies, fire ants, bad pasta salad. Game over. <laughs> I'll just drive north. Fires. South. Floods. West. Hailstorms and tornadoes. Maybe just a relaxing trip to the beach. Are you kidding me? The sun, stingers, blue bottles, sharks, rips, and chip crazed seagulls. You most likely died of old age trying to find a park. Game over. I'll, I'll just stay home and watch Netflix. You've seen everything. Game <laughs> over. <laughs> and, and not only very amusing, but it also confirms the ambassador's idea that we're the, most, we're the bravest people on the planet. Do you agree, Gene Kitson? Definitely, definitely. There's not a moment in our lives, even when, even when we do something that we think is benign, like we go to the beach and there's the sharks and there's, you know, the cliffs and the rips. But then there's something like crabs are really 
dangerous. When we first moved down to the beach, my fa- mother and father decided that, like crab for dinner, so Dad hammered a nail in the end of a piece of wood and got a torch and Mum got a bucket and the kids were all sitting on the beach in the dark and Mum and Dad waded out just to stab a few crabs. Well, the torch brought, like, millions of crabs crawling all over them. Mum was screaming, trying to get on his back. Dad said he saw a crab with a claw just wring his little toe like a can opener. I mean, it, it, it was... And then there's even getting in the car after the beach when you nearly burn yourself to death on the seat and the buckle is seatbelt buckles like a branding iron. And you, and you stick... You, you stick, can't get a gelato. And you stick to the vinyl, mm. don't you, if you've got sunburn? You stick to the vinyl. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> oh, a day out, your skin will end up peeling from your body. That's a day out, yeah. a good day out in Australia. The least is... <laughs> bubbling skin, peeling. And then, yeah, I know, it's just, well, there was a blue-ringed octopus in Coogee last week, wasn't there, or something? It's The whole place is a menace. That's why our our, um, first aid kit is a huge plastic box. It's got scalpels, sutures, tourniquets. We've got hypothermic blankets. We've even got a little bag for body parts in our Australian first aid kit. Your first aid kit's got a name. It's called North Shore Hospital. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Shotgun. Colin, is is the Japanese ambassador correct? I do, yeah, he is, but I do like that Jean, uh, as her lead animal, chose the crab, which would be one of the most ubiquitous animals <laughs> in the world. <laughs> it's just, aren't they everywhere? Oh, I, I mean, see. Okay, I mean, but it's our it, crab. It, it, dep- yeah, it, yeah, it depends yeah. on your sex life, Colin. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, okay. it's all clear. Okay. It's all clear in Heathcote. But um, no, no, I wasn't. I wasn't making a smutty reference. There. I'll leave those. To, I'll leave those. Oh, to you're Richard. making a smutty reference, Colin. I see you flashing your map of Tassie. Yeah. <laughs> like quite literally because... behind Colin in the window is a map of Tasmania. Map of Tasmania. There, right right. There. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there yeah. is. Just, just to explain. Yeah, there is. Uh, there it is. That's right. And uh, look, I, I think he's right, but he wasn't talking about taipans and brown snakes and blue ringed, you know, galahs. He was, <laughs> he was talking about the greatest threat that, you know, you take your life in your hands and you go out outside. It's Queenslanders. And, and at the moment, with the, with the border well, swoop, shut. Swooping ones. Oh, well, it's just nothing to do. It's nothing to do with the virus. It's just it's a safer place at the moment, knowing that they're where they are. And I was thinking it's at the moment, it's like Taronga Zoo, <laughs> where you've got, you can see the bars, you know, there's a barricade between us and, the, you know, Queensland. But um, maybe, look, we will want to go there one day. And maybe if they take a bit of a Western Plains Zoo approach <laughs> to, to Queensland, so that... Because there they've done Stay in your car. Stay in your car. (laughs) A, stay in your car. Or B, they've dug moats and holes. So you can't see the bars, but but they can't, you know, the rhinos and the lions, they can't get out. And I think if they dig a series of canals through Queensland, just so the Gold Coast. (laughs) <laughs> You've got a point. Theme parks, you know, maybe parts of the outback, and then uh, we can travel safely. And I know there'll be some people listening and think, oh, that's not fair because we've got Queensland relatives. Well, if we could do sort of an exchange as 
Taronga does, you know, uh, with Western Plains and <laughs> Queensland Zoo. And you can go to Dubbo and you can see your relatives. You can't interact directly with them, but you won't see any bars and you'll be able to but for uh, goodness, relatively for goodness, for goodness sake, don't wind down keep the windows your, on the car. Keep your windows up. <laughs> Thank God it's Friday. Jim Kitts and Tommy Dean and Colin Buchanan. Are you ready for the Wheel of Death? Oh, yes, well, today's, yes. Today's topics, as contributed by our kind listeners, are dumped, dumped, Sultanas, Venus flytrap, mould, snoring, windmills, yakka, rabbits, custard, lawn bowls, eyesight, grizzly bears, vacuum cleaners, letterbox, and we're back to dumped, which fill you full of wow. fear, Tommy Dean. Custard, the most wiggly, wobbly, horrible, mm. snotty bowl of horribleness I've ever encountered. <laughs> I don't understand why this country is so enamoured with custard and custard-based desserts, but it freaks me Love out. Custard. Love custard. Love custard. Love custard. Love custard. Love custard. Here we go. Round and round and round it goes. Where it stops, no one knows. Will it be custard, much to Tommy's discombobulation, or will it be something else we will see? It custard. is snoring. Snoring. The custard of sleep. The custard of sleep. <laughs> the vanilla slice of nighttime. <laughs> the snot block. <laughs> Sorry, I'm. Uh, I'm just. I probably. I'm always very careful here. Um, I think the problem, the biggest problem with snoring, is that everyone is potentially affected by it, but no one does it in terms of personal self. Almost <laughs> no one is aware of their own capacity to snore. And I am always quite shocked. I grew up with brothers uh, sleeping in the same room, and one of my brothers tended to snore, but he wouldn't believe it. It was like a conspiracy theory. No matter how many of us told him, oh, man, you're keeping <laughs> us up all night with your snoring. We've got to figure out something. It wasn't me. I don't know what you're talking about. I slept fine. Didn't hear a thing. <laughs> and then, you know, we couldn't take him on camping trips. Like, we used to go on like church-based camping trips, and even the church, one of the most forgiving... <laughs> God, the pastor God, would be like, God, is there you... any chance your brother could stay home? Because nobody wants to be a tent buddy. It's terrible. It's great, isn't it? Jesus loves all human beings, but Except... even Jesus draws a line. No, that used to be the pastor's joke. He said, you know, you know why Jesus walked out of the cave after three days? Because your brother spent the night in there. <laughs> Couldn't stand it. I had to get out. <laughs> and what's worse is when it sneaks up. And I'm not going to name any names, but let's just say, hypothetically, you were a married man. And, Tommy, and, Tommy, be, be careful, yeah. old chum. <laughs> yeah. You're right. All right, I should switch this. Here's a, Colin was telling me about his wife. <laughs> and I was rather shocked to discover... That the fair yep. Mrs. Buchanan was quite a snortle pot at night. <laughs> Just a chortler. And he's quite yeah. musical, Colin, as we know. And he tries to pretend that she's laying a bass line. And that inspires him <laughs> to put a melody over the top come the morning. It's, the vases <laughs> vibrate off the, <laughs> off the mantelpiece. It's, uh, it's, it's really the most, I think it's so deeply difficult to deal with. Um, and I've, I've never done it, but I've always wanted to set up a, a sound rig in my bedroom at night. Because <laughs> oh, no. she has certain complaints about the sounds that I make and where they may emanate from. <laughs> and I was just wondering if we somehow were, you know, like a, 
like a oh, I can't. Oh, my fault. The joke would be funny if I could think of the thing. What's the giant pipe organ uh, that's in the lake at Canberra? Oh, uh, the Carillion. Carillion. If we were like some sort of double Carillion. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. Uh, perfect. But it's, uh, have you ever um, have you ever integrated? I know I'm interrupting Wheel of Death, but um, one time uh, and some I remember you told me about your wife Tommy. One time she was snoring, <laughs> and you were and you were having a dream, and you were in a department store, and you were in the kitchen section, and you heard this announcement: egg cups, egg cups, egg cups, and it was the dream. Thinking, why, why are they announcing egg cups? And slowly you woke up, and you realised it was. <sighs> was coming from the person next to you in the bed whose name will will remain uh, uh, undisclosed. So two divorces and still counting this is I was talking to Gene Kitchen's husband and it was shocking. It was shocking what he had to say. I admit I'm a snorer but he's a farter and I reckon there must be a machine where we rig up a sleep apnea machine to no, I was going to say the nose and the bottom and then Someone farts and the other one gets woken up. See who wins. (laughs) Well, at least you can brush your teeth, though. (laughs) Thank God it's Friday. Thank God it's Friday with Richard Glover. Does Tommy die? Know what Colin means? I don't know. Does Tommy die or does he live? (laughs) No, he lives. Only for the moment. I will die as soon as my wife listens to the podcast. Exactly. (laughs) Tonight's episode will not be podcast due to certain matrimonial and legal matters. Gene Kitts and Tommy Dean and Colin Buchanan are with us. Now, uh, motorists were complaining about each other this week. They reckoned everyone else had forgotten how to drive. In Sydney, they were merging with that indicating, they were going through stop signs, they were getting confused on roundabouts, all the product of not driving for a couple of months. What are the things that after months in lockdown, you've entirely forgotten how to do? Colin Buchanan. Ah, well, I'm glad you asked, Richard, because this uh, is my big chance to uh, guitar is coming to out. intimidate your uh, our a pre-recorded musical guest <laughs> and uh, <laughs> sing a song uh, after my helpman uh, loss uh, recently. Okay, I've uh, I just uh, penned a, a little ditty that um, and in, it includes the uh, the name Perite, which is uh, uh, what rhymes with it. I, I you know. Well, I haven't. I was just going to say, I haven't been able to spell uh, uh, New South Wales Premier's name since Bob Carr. <laughs> and uh, he was easy, though. You know, was he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the double R was always yeah, a bit of a, right. yeah, yeah. you know. But uh, all right, here we go. Well, what's a shopping centre? What's a retail store? I've heard about gymnasia. Can you tell me what they're for? I want to drive to Lura, but I'm not sure I know how. Happy Freedom Day, Mr. Perrette. What do I do now? Well, I'm used to my own postcode and my own LGA. If I leave home without my phone, I'll probably lose my way. Because it's been a simpler, safer life living on my own. Happy Freedom Day, Mr. Perrette. Now can I go home? Now I can brunch in Haberfield or picnic by the bay. Or swim at Clifton Gardens Or sit in that cafe 
Or go to Bunnings Prison, that home away from home. <laughs> Happy Freedom Day, Mr. Perrottet, now leave us all alone. We'll be allowed to join a queue, we'll be allowed to sing. Maybe I might catch a train and do some normal things. I might go to the SCG or swim the ocean pools. Happy Freedom Day, Mr. Perrottet, but can you tell the cops the rules? <laughs> well, we're opening, we're waking up, the buds are on the tree. And there's a brand new premiere up on our TV. But Gladys did the hard yards and I think that's very clear. Happy Freedom Day, Mr. Perrottet. Can you thank her when you see her? <laughs> hey! Yay! Thank you so much. Very and nice. Can I just Look say, Colin, one of my one of my favorite <laughs> things in all of the world is a forced rhyme. <laughs> He's got a lot of them. So many. It's so good. Have you heard his uh, Aussie? Yeah, see no, one stop. Of the good ones. Have you heard his Aussie Every jingle time. bells? Have you heard his Aussie Every... jingle bells? It's, oh, yes. it's shameful. Yeah, yeah. It is. And it's uh, it's it's me having a little in joke with myself. Well, that's what I tell myself. Yeah. Right? No, uh, but I'm saying I'm yeah, in there but... with you laughing, Colin, laughing. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know. Every yeah, time barbecue... he puts an album out, the rhyming dictionary people send him a free copy. <laughs> <laughs> they, se- they send me an infringement notice. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, yeah. What, yeah. Have you, what have you forgotten how to do, Jean Kitson? Oh, well, I've, I've, oh, so much. I've, I've almost forgotten to smile because, you know, all you have to do behind a mi- uh, mask is squint. Yes. Like, if you squint, people think you're smiling at them. So I think the <laughs> nerves have all died in my face from the nostrils down because I haven't had to use a smile or I haven't had to, like, beam at anyone or anything. I just go, oh, hello, may I have some... I have some sausages and I just squint and it looks like I'm smiling. So I think I've lost the muscles around my mouth. I, I've forgotten what it's like to buy a kilo of sausages without filling in a form or zapping a QR code or queuing outside at a social distance because they won't yeah. allow any more than four people in the shop. I've got my skin on my hands is aged because of all the hand sanitizer. I've forgotten about people who live more than five kilometres away from me. I've forgotten about housework because why would you sweep a floor when it will be, still be there tomorrow? <laughs> you know, like when there's like there's nothing. Just watch Netflix. If why no one can, you, if no one can, know? if no one can see the mess in the forest, does the mess really exist? <laughs> that yes, we well, can't see the mess for the forest of mess. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, what have you have you forgotten to do stuff in this three months? Look, I agree. This is uh, I rarely live a life that models the questions of this show but i was when i saw this and i laughed because i've had occasion to be outside the house a couple times this week and that was the, my joke all week when i did speak to a couple of people was i think what people wanted to do the most was drive like jerks <laughs> <laughs> it just feels like people really missed the opportunity to interact with vehicles in an angry way and any suggestion that Australia wants to stand behind the idea that we really missed seeing other people, the only reason we wanted to see other people, apparently, is so we could cut them off and then flip them off and then beep our horn at them. I see you, you jerk. Well, they hadn't driven for three months. They'd forgotten how to do it. No, I think they remember quite well. 
I think they're using it as an excuse. Oh, they know. Oh, like one of them, we have a roundabout near our house, and I can just see everyone. I remember when Tommy was slagged off about knowing the rules about roundabouts. Well, guess what? There are none. Whoosh. <laughs> you know what a T intersection is? A choice. And we're both going to make it at once. Go. <laughs> oh, and then, you know, and people are like, oh, I probably tried to use my signal, but it was my... Uh, what windshield wiper? Didn't you see my windshield wiper? My windshield wiper was very clearly saying, I'm going to the right. I'm going to the right. I'm going to the right. How dare you not pick up on that? How dare you? Uh, you can't you use your windscreen wiper because your mask hangs from it and then it gets caught on your gear stick and it's a whole mess thing that happens. Just <laughs> everywhere I went, I couldn't believe the cutoffs. And especially when you're like cut off. You know, like, my favorite one, and I'm going to change the name because I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but... Uh, Collins Watt. Collins Watt. <laughs> no, no, no it, was like, it was like a company. It was like one of those branded company cars. It had a different name, but in essence, it was like, you know, the friendly people. <laughs> and the friendly people car cuts in front of me with no signal, and I just give a little chirp horn, to not to be mean, but just to say, hey, you know, kind of look out. Some of us are also out of our house at the moment. <laughs> and I get the full finger salute from the friendly oh, people. Oh, no. Whoa. Wow. Oh, that would have gone viral. If I was the kind of guy to write an angry email, I would be writing an angry no. email. <laughs> but they made rules and about the, texting in cars. <laughs> exactly. And at the next lights, they pulled up, they wound their window down and said, are you happy with your current home loan? <laughs> <laughs> hey, here were the winners and losers of this week. I mean, the losers were obviously the drivers of New South Wales who were, oh, were man, confronting yeah. these hungry game, hunger games on the roads. But, but who, who else? Colin Buchanan. I, I, unfortunately, I was the loser of the week because when I emerged from my cocoon, my hibernation uh, on Monday, uh, where the entire retail, the, the world of retail was available to me, I kindly offered to make uh, to go on, on a coffee run, uh, a takeaway mm-hmm. coffee run. And uh, so I went to local coffee shop and I was getting coffee for everyone. So it was a bit of a wait. So I wandered next door to a new store that's opened up, which is a Crystal's, um, I just was looking in the window, uh, Candles. Uh, so forth, you know, room mm-hmm. scents, you know, uh, uh, incense, that sort of thing. And uh, and the woman came to the door, the proprietor, and said, uh, would you like to come in? And I said, well, I'd, well, I, 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 well, can I? And she said, yeah, yeah, just show the certificate, <laughs> which I did. And uh, and suddenly I'm in this and I realise 106 days it's been only hardware, fuel and supermarkets and I've, my, the, my first retail experience wasn't a bookshop. It wasn't a camping mm-hmm. store. I didn't go and just buy a little treat for myself somewhere. It, it, was, it was a body butter and... She, 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 she actually had the right to be open all through because she's, she's selling essential oils. <laughs> oh man, I uh, I, can't, I don't know where to go with that. I really don't. But uh, I mean, they're lovely candles, and and if if you track me down, I'm you know, I've, well done you. But uh, boy, I so just that's the lose. Who's the, win- who's the winner? Who's the winner? 
Uh, oh, I think all of us. Just, just. Uh, I'm so excited. My son lives in the UK. It's you know, it, 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 with every piece of news that says that we might get to see he and his wife and our little mm-hmm. grandson, that's that's a step closer. And we got to see family this week, which was so excited. So, uh, winner, winner, chicken dinner oh, was just yeah. winner, winner, yeah. chicken yeah, dinner. And he'll be able to come home and mingle. He won't even have to quarantine. Uh, exactly. Gene, who are the winners and losers? Winners are the happy people of New South Wales. Woohoo! Who can travel? <laughs> to Melbourne, <laughs> even though the Victorian government has declared Melbourne a plague centre, and who can roam around regional Victoria, but not regional New South Wales or Queensland, and then we decide to stay at home because it's all too hard. And we'll be able, to go to, Fee- we'll be able to go to Fiji, but not Brisbane, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Don't confused. even start I'm me. I'm so confused. Don't, I'm, yeah, so I'm confused. so confused. I know. <laughs> I'm so confused. And then the losers are the unvaccinated people who can't travel anywhere without a bell around their neck. You know, to warn others. <laughs> you got to. It's not the bell's not enough. You got to go unclean, unclean, unclean. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Get out of here. Oh, no. Show us your vaccine. Yes. I went to a shop today and they were asking for all the certificates. So they're the losers. But at least the winners have a choice to stay at home. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Dean, who were the winners and losers? Look, uh, I was uh, I, I was originally had this down as a winner, but then I read the whole article and realized I was a loser. But there's an article on the ABC website about how uh, artists are living on four hundred and fifty dollars a week, and I realized that that was a very negative article. But I was thinking, where do I get that? Yeah, how yeah. do I get that cheap four fifty? You read that and thought <laughs> aspirational. Yeah, four. And then and this, this shocked me, and this, this shocked me a lot. I, I have taken a I don't I don't want to speak to it. It'll come at another time. But I have taken a full. I've taken a new job. I have a job. I spent all week working at a proper job. And I finally uh, understand, and I'm a little embarrassed, that I now know why we call this show Thank God It's Friday. (laughs) (laughs) I just never understood why we called it that. And now I get it. It took me all these years. After spending the week at work, would you like to uh, send us off? Tommy, what have you been listening to? TGIF! Thank God it's Friday. (laughs) Thanks for being part of it, Gene Kitts and Tommy Dean and Colin Buchanan. Next week, Gene and Tommy will be back joined by James Colley. Until then, I'm Richard Glover, and as the man says, thank God it is Friday. And have a great weekend. I know what weekends mean now, too. (laughs) Game over.